0: Al, welcome to 2021.
1: Oh, man. That's wild to hear.
0: Welcome to the future. Zara. Actually, it is not 2021 where we were recording. So it wouldn't have been 2021 if we were recording this regularly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but we were recording this very early because we played some games we wanted to talk about, and then there is all we obviously have the past three weeks of episodes that we already had set in stone. We didn't want to wait three weeks to talk about these games because we would forget. Mm-hmm. That's how brains fresh. work. Exactly, fresh to death. So we're recording this a bit early. We don't know what's happening. Man, can you believe last? Can you believe what ha- what got Game of the Year last week? Ooh, what a surprise!
1: Wow!
0: I can't believe it. Shocking.
1: I also cannot believe it. Wowzers!
0: It's just it's, it's something. I I just, man cannot believe it. But now we know. Now we know. Uh you have been working on your Game of the Year list today.
1: I have, yes. Do you,
0: do you know what your game of the year is?
1: No, not yet.
0: Okay. I haven't started yet, so I have no idea. I have uh, a
1: general list of seven. You just got to order them. I've been shuffling them around all, well, since I texted you, I was going to start it. And I'm like, mm, maybe this one. Oh, no, no, maybe this one. Does this that one go sense. on here? Does this one not go on here? Eh. And then I've been trying to f- come up with, like, the the other supplementary awards as well.
0: True that, true that. I got to get to work on that at some point. But hello, welcome to this week's episode of Season Lemon Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Owl and Ladium. Hello. And I believe this is episode 210. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not. Who knows? Who knows? That's, that's for math to decide. Like who, <laughs> who's math ever beat?
1: I mean, neither of us are mathematicians.
0: Exactly. Didn't beat us.
1: We're humanities people. It's
0: true. Uh, we're gonna talk about some games that came out probably by the time this comes out, like two months ago, three months ago, two months, probably two months ago. Yeah. Um, and just chit chat about some stuff we have played. But first, uh, I didn't tell you about this, but we're gonna talk about another game as
1: well. Oh. Hey.
0: Uh, can you? Uh, let's talk about the 2020 award-winning game for best use of family. <laughs>
1: Oh, man.
0: The best game involving family. We are, of course, talking about Fast and Furious Crossroads.
1: I cannot believe. I should have known you were going to bring this up. Oh, I we should d- have known.
0: So I bought this game for
1: $10. Yep.
0: $50 off the <laughs> regular MSRP price. <laughs> um, and I had Al watch it because I was like, this is a very short game. And I, wanted, I want Al to experience the 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 rich the richness of the fast and furious universe
1: yeah so once i got off work on friday we posted up and did a, a what is it called share play. play and for four hours four hours i got to see the <laughs> gloriousness that is this video game
0: oh it is so glorious um set after the events of the fate and the furious that's Fast and Furious Eight. I have not seen what? that
1: movie. Oh my god, what is that? Um,
0: mostly because I heard it was mediocre. Oh no. So I was just like, I'll get to it someday, maybe before Fast Nine comes out. Um. So yeah, there are there are Fast and Furious characters in this. You get to you get to play as Dominic Toretto, aka Vin Diesel.
1: He looks very bad. He does.
0: We were discussing in this game, or like, does Vin Diesel look better or worse in this game than he did in the Chronicles of Riddick game that came out like 15 years ago?
1: And we concluded that he looks better in Chronicles of Riddick.
0: It's true. Uh, also, from returning from the film franchise is Letty, aka Michelle Rodriguez, and Roman, aka Tyrese Gibson.
1: We have some newcomers.
0: We have some newcomers. There's characters uh, Vienna. She's played by the the woman who's in that new star trek
1: she's also in the walking dead
0: on cbs all access uh there's cam who is i i would presume is like the first like prominent non-binary character in the fast and furious franchise
1: i would also assume that
0: (laughs) which is a wild thing but, but very cool nonetheless
1: yeah. yeah very cool Just I not would,
0: something you would necessarily expect
1: it was unexpected for me and also the fact that they treat them just normally and they're never the butt of a well never the butt of a joke because of who they are
0: and it's never like a like oh we have to bring the, we have to like
1: it's never really addressed
0: bright lights which is fantastic. Like, brow, brow, brow. yeah
1: yeah it was great it's like look at us we're doing this thing it's just like that that's their character and that's it
0: because i think you 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 noticed it because they kept using they them pronouns and mm. you were like wait a minute um and then also the big villain in this is ormstrid who is also peter stromare who you may remember from <clears throat> other video games like until dawn Another a fine fantastic video game some would say <laughs> what
1: no i'm sorry um <laughs> <laughs> maxwell spooked himself and he jumped up in the air like straight up in the air like three inches and i was like what are you doing
0: very good he's also just so excited to talk more about the fast and furious
1: yeah he absolutely is
0: um i mean this story is is it's whatever it's uh, yeah it's, it centers mostly around the uh, vienna and cam there's some stuff happens in barcelona like Barcelona.
1: Vienna's
0: boyfriend gets caught up in the the mob there and then gets moited. Moited while she, they're
1: trying to do a heist.
0: Yeah, she vows revenge. She knows Letty because of she was she hung out in Miami before where she met up with like Will she Smith. ran around with Bill Smith. No.
1: Yeah, Miami.
0: Oh, yes, yes, of course. <laughs>
1: um
0: but she ran around with uh Tej aka Buddha. Buddha. Buddha Chris. Um so I guess technically she would be maybe like a Originally, she would have been around, like, when Too Fast, Too Furious was. I don't think she's in that movie. But, like, timeline-wise and universe-wise, that would make sense. Huh. Um. But, unfortunately, Ludacris is not in this game. He was we probably should, too expensive.
1: We should probably clarify that I know absolutely nothing about this series. Exactly. That's why it's, it's very good. <laughs> so, um, you know, Jared's got all this intel. And I'm just like, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. One day,
0: one day we are going to watch Tokyo Drift. Oh my God. For this podcast or for Patreon.
2: Oh my God.
0: Because you need to experience uh, the Fast and Furious series as if it was a Persona game and Bow Wow's there with his Hulk car. Oh my
1: God. Like Lil Bow Wow after he dropped the Lil?
0: Uh, this is, I believe, after he dropped the Lil. This oh. is like 03.
1: Okay, yeah. 03 that's after, or 04. I think that's after he dropped the Lil, but like that's the same guy we're talking about, correct? Yes,
0: correct. It is Bow Wow.
1: Oh wow! Okay.
0: His only appearance in the series so far.
1: Should have brought him back for this game.
0: I mean, honestly, they should have. They should have brought. It. Look, I don't want to get mad again, but like they bring back the protagonist from Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious Seven, mm-hmm. and they're like, they like make it a big deal because obviously Seven takes place after Tokyo Drift chronologically. Okay. And then he shows up for like two minutes and then it's gone. And I was very mad.
1: Well. Um, whenever you go to a new city in this game, it just <laughs> puts the words of the like the name of the city just in letters, and it's like, oh, okay, yes, cool.
0: Um, but yeah, like a lot of like, eventually you meet up with Dom and Letty and and Roman, and you have to stop a terrorist thing where they're like, we got this big device that'll shut down defense networks, and we're gonna launch it, and then eventually like everything correlates to you. Having to stop a rocket being launched into the into space. Yep, and it's real good.
1: <laughs> it's insane. Like so, Cam is very good at like technology stuff and hacking. Yes, hacker voice. They're in.
0: She is the luda of this game. They, the, excuse me. Yes, they they are the luda of this game.
1: Um. So and, and honestly, they're the comic relief of this game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. You don't really need comic relief because the game in and of itself is just ridiculous
0: and also you have tyrese so he's he's also the comic relief of the series so
1: yes, yes he is he's training to be a bad guy
2: <laughs> real good
1: bad guy training um it's it's a very very odd thing to experience as somebody who knows nothing about this series other than there's cars i'm just like does it normally go down like this like i thought it was just mm-hmm. racing
0: To be fair, like, the first three movies are, like, racing movies, Mm -hmm. and then once they, like, rebooted the series with four, and then, like, it kind of started going more, like, action-y, and then once you get to Fast Five, it's full-on just, like, bonkers action, and that's how it's been, you know, to the present.
1: Like, I can't say that I ever expected to see you race a hovercraft and also, like, destroy a hovercraft with your car that is equipped with harpoons, (laughs) missiles... And also a hacking device. Yep. I was like, I, okay, sure. It's, it's like, um, do you remember that old cartoon that they would race and had like Penelope Pit Stop and all that and they had all those like goofy things that their cars could do? Yes. You know that cartoon? I forget what it's called. I think so.
0: That sounds familiar at least.
1: Um, like that's what it reminds me of.
0: Like Wacky Racers?
1: That sounds right.
0: Um. Yeah. Uh. It. It's basically like that. Yeah, it's, it's very like weird because like obviously it's a car action game when you're playing the game, and it's real peculiar as well because they got uh, slightly mad studios to make this game. The people who have been behind like Project Cars, like the very hot, like heavy simulation racing games.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. And this isn't really a simulation racing game in the slightest. Like the cars all have like they feel different at least. Um. And like you know you can tell the difference between like of oh, like the weight and like a. A hypercar if you're driving one of those compared to like a muscle car Mm -hmm. but like they're they still feel like real squirrely at times like they don't really feel exactly how you would imagine them to be so it's a little bit more arcadey than simulationy which you basically expect from this kind of game but it's weird like i guess if you're going for like you want to make a car game you would go you'd go and find like people who know how to make car games So, it makes sense in that aspect. All those cards look really good in this game, so there is that. They all look better than Vin Diesel looks.
1: Yeah, he... Or Michelle Rodriguez.
0: Yeah. They did not... They didn't look good. Tyrese looks good.
1: Tyrese looks fine. Yeah. Tyrese is probably the only one that actually looks fine. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, looks like himself. Yes. Um... Which... Cool, I guess. (laughs) Um... Man, though, like... Vin Diesel on a rocket that's launching sideways, while yep. you're trying to like destroy things and get him off the rocket. I'm just yep. Like, what is happening? Uh, I
0: believe the the phrase you're looking for is real cool. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's kind of how those movies have ended lately. Is just like something just absolutely ridiculous. So like
1: that's what you said. That
0: being the case in the game makes the most sense.
1: I mean, honestly, like, given where we were, like, the whole four hours of this game, I could not think of a more fitting ending for this game.
0: Oh, I mean, do you, do you mean the most fitting way for this game to end where Vin Diesel says, welcome, yeah. to, the, welcome to your new family?
1: Yeah, new family. Because
0: this is about family? Oh my god, it's the most, it is the perfect way to end the game
1: so funny because 10 like, out of 10 i've always heard you joke about the whole family thing
0: it, it's not a joke it's real
1: <laughs> and then he did it and i was like "Welp." so essentially fast and furious is just about found family yeah that's what i'm hearing
0: it's like it's essentially it is the it is the american version of the anime trope of the friends we met along the way
1: yeah Featuring except cars. it's family and cars wow
0: and one part of our family just doesn't show up in the movies anymore because they're dead. They've, well, that... They they drove off. They dr- they drove off the other way, and then they just never showed up in another movie because they can't. That's I mean, why did... I mean Paul Walker.
1: I was say, didn't he literally die though?
0: He did, yes. But they 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 wrote him off with just being like, well, he's going off to do his own thing, and that's it. He we just won't see him anymore. I mean... It's actually like that scene in Fast and Furious Seven is like actually very emotional, mm-hmm. legitimately. But, like, it's a very weird way to write that character off, considering the circumstances. Yeah. But, I mean, I, you gotta do what you gotta do. Also, like, they CGI his face and, at the end there, because he was not around for that shoot. So, it also looks real weird, but that's neither here nor dear.
1: I'm sure it could have been worse. Oh, like, they they could have, like, really tried to think of some of that hokey to...
0: Like, I think what? they they still had to do reshoots when he passed away, when that movie was going out. so Did they his brought brother in, do it? They brought in his brother to, like, do those, yeah.
1: That makes sense
0: but yeah fast and furious crossroads it's not a good game it's by, not a good no game. but it's a it's a goofy fun game if you like the fast and furious franchise and also like i would like to see like vienna and cam show up in like the movies as like they don't have to like show up as like oh we're the new brand new characters but maybe as like a fun little a like cameo cameo for fan service like hey, if you play this game you know who these are
1: so the big question and i have thoughts on this was it worth ten dollars
0: yes for ten dollars, this is a fine price to pay for a Fast and Furious game.
1: Um, I also agree with you. I didn't pay the ten dollars, but I'm glad that you did pay because it was a good way for us to spend four hours. It was hilarious. Exactly, was I think as well. Really like if funny. I was playing it
0: by myself, it wouldn't have been as fun. <laughs> Just because like I would have someone to goof around with during it. But yeah, ten dollars, right. perfectly <laughs> acceptable way to to play this game.
1: Hilarious.
0: And it's you know, it's a good way to prep you up for Fast and Furious Nine coming up. Where they they brought back Han back from the dead. And solo? John Cena's there. Not Han solo. Han's a character in Tokyo Drift, and then stuff happens and then he's now back and no one understands how. Uh John Cena's in this movie as f- Dominic Toretto's brother. John Cena oh. is Vin Diesel's brother.
1: That's a good get.
0: His brother.
1: That's a good get.
0: And he's a villain.
1: Oh, man. No, not oh, a villain.
0: Man. I'm very excited for Fast 9. Oh, man. is that I'm very excited for is it. Is that
1: 2021?
0: Yeah, I got bumped to 2021 because of COVID.
1: Yeah, valid.
0: Anyways, that's Fast and Furious Crossroads. It's not good, but also it's good.
1: It's funny.
0: <laughs> um... But speaking of better games that I played recently, uh, I played the Spider-Man Miles Morales.
1: Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man, man does whatever a Spooter can.
0: True. Uh, this is a uh, PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 game.
1: <laughs> good, thank you.
0: Uh, I played the PS4 version, obviously. Uh, I mean the only differences between the two is like it doesn't look as good, which is not really saying much. This game still looks good.
1: It looked really great from what yeah. I could see.
0: Um, and it has load times. Those are basically the two big differences between the two versions. Not like,
1: load times. Like,
0: the PS5 version just has the instantaneous load times. So, like, it's just you're in and out pretty quickly. But for me, I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't care.
1: Yeah, it's it's not worth the, like, $500 to get rid no. of load times <laughs> for Spider-Man.
0: No. Um. So, this takes place after the 2018 Spider-Man game. Mm-hmm. Like... The twenty-eight. Uh, spoilers for the 2018 Spider-Man game. The game basically ends with Miles kind of figuring out he has the Spider-Man powers. And then this game kind of kicks off with, you know, I don't remember how long. They kind of say maybe like a year or so. Regardless, like uh, Peter Parker, you know, the Spider-Man mm-hmm. is now training Miles to be the other Spider-Man. So there are two Spider-Men.
1: two Spider-Men. Simultaneous Spider-Men.
0: Simultaneous Spider-Men. And everyone's just like, you're a Spider-Man, but you're the other Spider-Man. What's going on?
1: He's the Spider-Apprentice.
0: Yeah. Um, This game takes place during Christmas, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's so... Essentially, the game starts off, you have to go stop the Rhino from wreaking havoc through New York because he escapes police custody. And then... You, you stop him and everything, and then one of the main villains of this game is this dude who runs this corporation called They're like an energy company sort of thing. Uh, his name is Simon Krieger. He is played by Troy Baker because, of course, if you're getting a villainous capitalist, you get Troy Baker.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: And he's like, oh, we'll take the right-o. We'll, we'll re-educate him or something. And it's like, oh, everyone's God. like, uh, Okay. Uh, and then Peter's like, oh, by the way, I have to go on a work trip with Barry Jane. So, Miles, the city is yours for like two weeks. But if anything happens, you can call me. I'll come back first flight. You know, I'll, I'll help you out or anything. But, you know, you're on your own, buddy. Bye. <laughs> and that's how basically they just write him off for the, the game.
1: All right. Sure. <laughs> you know what? He needs a vacation. It's fine.
0: It's true. He's now got another Spider-Man, so it's fine.
1: Yeah, like, now they can have vacations whenever they want because they exactly. have backup Spider-Man.
0: Uh, so you go back home. You hang out for Christmas with your mom. Uh, your best friend Genki's there. And then this girl named Finn shows up, who you've been, like, childhood friends with, but you haven't, like, hung around with for a while. So you get to have Christmas with them, and it's, everything seems all fine and and dandy. Uh, there's a part where you can go play records from, like, your dad's collection. And I, I found, like, the one jazz record that I knew. And it was the song I wanted. And I was like, yeah. What song was it? Oh,
1: what is it? Like, did they license music for this?
0: They licensed that song, at least. It's the one that goes... If you know jazz, you'd probably know that. Or if you've watched Kids on the Slope, you would know that song.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh... One thing I will say I like about this game because like it you know revol- revolves around Miles and everything, mm-hmm. it has a very similar kind of like, style of soundtrack that 2018 Spider-Man had, where it was, like you know the Marvel superhero style of soundtrack, and it has that, but like they also underline like hip hop beats into it, mm-hmm. and it makes it fit like just so much better compared to what I thought of like 2018 Spider-Man. I was just like, eh, this is just generic superhero stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but this I think fits just so much better because like it fits the tone of the character. It fits the style they're going for. And, like, it just also just sounds good. Nice. So. That's cool. Yay! Um, eventually you have to go against, like, this, uh, rogue group of people called the Underground. Wow, because they're that's really thing. creative with they that. They really are. And then they are being led by this mass person named the Tinkerer. Again, very just creative names here. <laughs> um. And they want to stop, uh, Roxanne from creating this uh, experimental new power source called New Form, which Roxanne's like, oh, this will change how we power everything. We'll just put this little thingy here and uh, power everything up, and it'll be uh, okay. Great. Um, Except that's not really how it's going to go. You eventually run into your Uncle Aaron, who you haven't really spoke to in, like, years. You reconnect that way because uh, the Uncle and the Dad had, like, a falling out, and now that the Dad's passed away, the everything's still just very weird because the mom's like I don't think you should hang around that kid or that dude Um, but if you've like if you've watched into the spider-verse you know where this dude's character arc is going to go right yeah so it's just like oh right Um, spoilers he becomes the prowler shocker
1: What? What? very surprising who could have seen that coming who
0: could have seen that coming Um, you eventually also find out that the tinkerer is Finn your friend and she wants to beat up Spider Man, and-, and Miles is like, "I don't know what to do." So Genki's oh, no. like, "What if you just be like, hey, I want to join the underground. I want to help you out.' Because the reason Finn's going after Roxanne is because uh, her her brother was brudda. like the person who created New Form, but uh-huh. then like he's tried to stop it because it would- he realized like the the ramifications that it could have on on people and everything because it was making a lot of people sick in the like R and D department and everything, and then like it." it eventually killed him yikes and roxon basically kind of like swept it under the rug of so she wants did. to get revenge on him on roxon for that and everything so miles basically is like hey can i join the underground yeah cool <laughs> except he like goes in once and then just like sneaks around and finds information essentially And then he gets into a fight with the tinkerer again and she's just beating the crap out of him and she's about to like throw him off a building and he has to be like she's like give me a reason why I don't kill you and he's like pulls up his mask he's like I don't think my mom would like that and she's like oh crap. (laughs) Um, Which I think this kind of really deteriorates the tinkerer Finn as a villain because Mm -hmm. essentially she the her whole arc kind of becomes like oh well you lied to me about joining my group so now I hate you forever. And like it just feels super just one dimensional. Yeah. And just like
1: that's not I, not very nuanced. It's
0: not nuanced in the slightest but also this is a comic book game.
1: Yeah. So I'm
0: not expecting the most nuanced <laughs> character development but at the same time it just feels so just cliche and just inadequate with how I just expect how characters should be.
2: Yeah.
0: Um Eventually, Miles learns that his Uncle Aaron is working for Roxon. He sort of sells him out in a bid to let Roxon get the Tinkerer and Finn. And, but he was like, oh, don't take the boy or anything. And then Troy Baker was like, I'm taking the boy too. He's like, that wasn't part of the
2: deal.
1: <laughs>
0: and Troy Baker's like, I don't care.
1: I'm a capitalist.
0: I'm a capitalist. I want to make money. Uh, bad things happen where um, Finn's whole plan is that she's gonna overload like this new form reactor in Harlem where miles now lives mm-hmm. and she's like, oh well I'll just it'll it'll just blow up the rocks someplace that's that's all it'll do. everything will be fine but miles finds out that like oh Troy Baker messed with the schematics of this and now if they try and overload it, it'll just take out all of Harlem and like he keeps trying to tell her this and she's like, I don't want to talk to you because you lied to me. So I'm not gonna listen to you anymore. Oh my god, it's very bad. Oh my god. So you have to fight her like throughout the Roxxon building at at the end of the game. Oh, I guess before this, um, you get beat up in a fight and you come home and Genki's like, oh, I'll I'll go get some like you know medical supplies and everything. So like you're unmasked or Miles is unmasked in the suit and everything, and he's just like leaning up against the wall, and then his mom comes in. Of course. And she's like oh (laughs) oh
1: hi son
0: he's like oh (laughs) um like nothing really bad happens like she's just like oh okay so this is kind of i kind of understand some of the things that have happened over the last couple of months now and then he kind of explains like what he's trying to do how to stop finn and everything and she's like all right well let's work together and evacuate harlem so nothing bad happens or in case anything bad happens we'll keep people safe
1: that's that's good
0: yeah, I thought it was, like, a real, like, kind of, like, nice touching moment of, like, it wasn't just, like, oh, my gosh, ah, freak out. It was, like, all right, let's come to an understanding about this. Um,
1: I think that also would show, like, how much she cares about him. That, like, she's, like, all right, cool. Like, now that I know, how can I help you?
0: And I think, as well, it, it makes sense because, like, like, Miles' dad dies in the other game. So, like, they are the only ones they have left for each other. Yep. So, I think, like, that also kind of plays into that, but it's a very good scene that I, I thought was, you know, really well done. Um, but then, yeah, you fight Finn in the Roxxon building, and she's still just like, No, I don't want to, not listening. And Miles is like, God. <laughs> um, so, she, she, she sets the thing up to explode, and it starts freaking out and everything, and Miles is like, Oh, crap, 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 crap. You eventually fall out of the building. Um, and you try to save Finn for, as she, like, her suit gets banged up and everything. Um, and then you try and go to the reactor to stop it with your your new powers and everything. Because you got cool electrical powers, which is pretty neat. And, like, you're trying to do that. You suck up the energy and everything. But, like, it kind of essentially makes you into, like, a just a giant bomb. So, in order to, I guess, let's see here rectify what happened Finn like takes you up into the atmosphere and then somehow transfers all the energy to herself lets you fall and then blows up in the sky
1: oh no oh no
0: that's uh, sure um so you fall back to the ground and then like Miles's mom and Genki and some of the other like neighborhood folks that you've helped out along the way show up and like you don't have your mask on. And they're like, oh, God, that's a, he's just a kid. <laughs> I didn't realize it was him.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, no. <laughs> and then, like, there's, like, a bunch of media about to show up. And they're like, like, his mom just, like, sub- suddenly, like, s- puts his mask back on. It's like, get out of here. We'll take care of this. So, like, the media goes up to, like, the neighborhood folks. And they're like, did you see the Spider-Man? Who was he? And they're like, oh, that kid. That's our Spider-Man. <laughs> Which is real cool. Um, and then, like, afterwards, like, you find out that, like, Uncle Aaron narked on Troy Baker, got him put in jail, basically took, like, a plea deal as well, so, like, he's gonna have to serve time as well, but not as much, because he gave up all this information about him and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Peter comes back and is just like, hey, good job.
1: You handled it. You
0: handled all that. I'm proud of you, kid. (laughs) Let's go, let's go do some crime stuff. (laughs) Or, not crime stuff, fight crime stuff. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, <laughs> then I'll take you out for a milkshake.
0: Yeah. Uh and then like there's a like a kind of like, a post credit scene that kind of essentially sets up a sequel where it goes back to like the the story stuff from the first game with like uh the Osborne's and everything where Harry was in the like the, the tank and Norman's like, Take him out of the tank That's essentially it. it's like, Okay, yeah, they're gonna make another one of these, which of course they would.
2: Yeah. Um, why wouldn't I'd,
0: they? I'd be curious to see how they would do that because they still have Peter and Miles, so, like, yeah. would it just be something you would just switch back and forth to? Or do they kill off Peter next game?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
0: So, that would be interesting. Um, I will Dueling say, like...
1: Spider-Man. Yeah.
0: I, I, like the, I like the Peter Parker in this game. I, I think it helps as well that he's just not around for a lot of it. But, like, yeah. it's, a, it's a rather interesting take on that character. Um, not as good as, like, the Enter the Spider-Verse version of him. Where it's like that's a very interesting take on that character.
1: That's hard to top, though. Yeah, exactly. That's really hard to top.
0: Especially just for a character that's been just beat to death, death. for sixty years. So like, Ugh. just having like another character around to carry the, like the Spider-Man banner is just very refreshing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure this game is going to get a lot of people mad because like there is a specific mission you go to where you you get like w- the neighborhood gives you a new suit and it's it's placed in front of a Black Lives Matter uh, mural which is cool that is cool um there's also like a fun little thing where miles like hits on a a girl who is deaf and talks to you in asl oh and like he'll he'll also like sign back with her and it's like real cute
1: oh so he does asl
0: yeah like that's real cool neato um so yeah like i it's a it's a short game like it's ten to twelve hours to get to the story, and that's with doing like all the side stuff going with it. Um, so like maybe it isn't necessarily like perhaps a forty to fifty dollar game,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it is an enjoyable little side story in this, you know, the specific Spider Man universe they've that Insomniac has been able to create over the last couple of years.
1: And you could put a cat in a backpack.
0: Oh yeah, you get to put a cat in a backpack, which is real good.
1: You could put a mask on the cat.
0: There's a mission where you go to a bodega, and the bodega owner's like, I'm looking for my cat Spider-Man, because I named my cat Spider-Man. Would you go find my cat Spider-Man? You find the cat, and then the cat just warms up to you, and then at the end of the game, you go back to the bodega, and the bodega owner's like, Hey, if you want to take out Spider-Man for some swinging and stuff, like go ahead. He seems to like you. And then you get a, a cool suit where you just have the cat in the in the backpack, and he has a little Spider-Man mask on. It's real good.
1: That's amazing.
0: The other really cool thing that they do in this game is that they have the Into the Spider-Verse suit, obviously, because uh-huh. of course you're gonna put that in here. But there's a like a like a setting you can put on it that makes it animate as if it was in the movie. Like it has oh, like the wow. movie frame rate and stuff. Huh. It is really cool. It's not the way you would wanna play the game, cause like. You know, obviously the combat is very timing focused and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So it would be very weird an aspect, but like just swinging around and seeing like that weird frame rate and everything, it's super cool. Huh.
1: Um. Speaking of swinging around, the glitch videos of this are like one oh yeah things on the internet right now. <laughs>
0: it's real good.
1: I've I've seen Miles become uh, a giant sheet of snow. Mm-hmm. Um. I've seen him become a lamp
2: hmm
1: i've seen him become a rack of shirts i've seen him become the facade of a house i've seen him become an ambi or fire truck the fire truck's my favorite it's really good um, uh,
0: i saw a cutscene where he just didn't have a head
1: <laughs> oh no
0: i didn't see it personally but i saw someone's picture of that which i was like oh boy oh no i think that was like pre-release but still <laughs> it's very interesting
1: <laughs> yikes
0: also apparently, Jaden oh, Smith so was, the com- was the composer of the song in this game. Mm. Oh, really? We were talking about Will Smith earlier, so
1: I'll say the Smith family is coming up. Will Smith is not involved, and none of the other Smiths are involved in the, the next game we're going to talk about.
0: They should have got the song from Spider Verse in this game. Yeah, that should have been a thing. Also, they signed a deal with like Adidas, so he like wears like these like, these you know, they're nice kicks like these Adidas kicks for like one of his first suits, but then like. You watch Into the Spider-Verse, he wears Air Jordan 1s. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, man, those are such a better shoe. Like, why wouldn't you just, like, try and go to Nike and be like, hey, can we just license out the Air Jordan 1s so he can wear those? It would been much cooler. Yeah. They did a... Look, Sony and Nike did a collaboration on a shoe together. Should be an easy layup.
1: <laughs> Get it? Basketball reference. Exactly. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I like that game. It's a nice little fun thing, uh, featuring a character that I I enjoy a lot. So it was really cool. Also, it just made me watch Into the Spider Verse again, which is just a fantastic movie.
1: God, that's such a good movie. Such
0: a good movie.
1: A plus would watch again.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Neat. What if they put Nick Cage in this game?
1: I hope that they do. They should. As long as he looks better than Vin Diesel looked in Fast and Furious.
0: <laughs> oh boy! Uh, so that's all for me. Is it my turn? It is now time for Al to talk about the Legend. Of, oh, excuse me. It's time for the Muso Queen to come back and discuss some Zelda and some Muso. Yes. And what if some and you know a sprinkle of Breath of the Wild on there and you mix it up in a in a pot and baby you got a stew going. Uh
1: huh. That stew is called uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, and it's it's a good stew. Um, so, as you mentioned, it is a Muso game-ish. Mm-hmm. It it's built like a Muso game, but it does not have a lot of the same like tropes and mechanics of a Muso game. So that's a little bit weird. Um, but I understand they were trying to go more like Breath of the Wild with it. Which is right, fair,
0: which I think is kind of what people were expecting when they first saw kind of like the gist of the game. Yeah, because this is a prequel to Breath of the Wild.
1: Yeah, so the this is set a hundred years prior to Breath of the Wild, so this is during the events, um, like right before Calamity Ganon hits. <laughs> this
0: is during the age of the Calamity.
1: <laughs> you could say that, yes. Um, so. It's, um, it's set in a world where, like, you see Calamity hitting, everything's chaotic, this box falls off of the shelf in Zelda's, um, study, and this little tiny egg guardian pops out, and he's like, oh no, this is bad, I gotta do something, egg. and ends up time traveling. And he goes back 100 years, and is like, hey, I can help. Um, so that's kind of where you you set everything up, and, like, you start the game in a relatively generic way of, like, Link is a regular knight, he's palling around with Zelda and Impa, well, first, he's not yet, um, but he's killing a bunch of stuff out in Hyrule Field, and... He's just a dude. At one point, the king's like, hmm, he deserves an appointment. Um...
0: A doctor's appointment, because he's injured.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um... The uh, he's like, Oh, we got a moblin slayer out there. I'm just like, Oh my god, King Rome, please. Um, one of the the Sheikah towers comes up as the uh, egg guardian appears, and Link's like, Well, all right, that's interesting. Impa shows up and's like, I don't know what's going on here, but come with me, we got things to do. Um, so it becomes this whole thing where they're all trying to navigate the events that are leading up to calamity, but now you have this little guardian. Is contributing in ways. Um, And so everything is kind of the same as you would kind of expect. One of the things that bothers me about this game, and there are a couple things that bother me. Um, It feels very truncated, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really clarify how early that event is with Link on the field and getting the, like, appointment. And then it seems like immediately him and Zelda are, like, palling around. I'm like, what happened to the part where she was, like, real mad at him and, like, didn't want him around? And
0: Maybe it just assumes um, you've already seen that stuff, so why bother bringing it up again?
1: Yeah, and so what I was thinking, and I could be wrong on this, is that um, they they end up showing Link um, getting the Master Sword in, in a stage in this, which that scene is super cool because it's kind of um a backwards version of Zelda getting her powers in Breath of the Wild Mm -hmm. Um, because Link basically just gets like swatted away like he's nothing um, by Aster who is our new villain. He is a fortune teller trying to bring about the calamity and um, he is basically going to kill Zelda um, in in Korok Woods by the Master Sword with um, these they're called hollows, but they're essentially like blight versions of the other champions. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, right as like Link is fighting his sword breaks. He's like, Oh God, what do I do? Um, <laughs> well, on, and let like,
0: me go <laughs> my backpack and find the 15 other swords I have.
1: <laughs> right. When, uh, right. When Zelda is like about to go down, he's just like, all right, whatever. Got this sword. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of a nice reversal of, those events, and that, like, he found his version of his power to try and protect her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, all right, all right, I'm into this. Um And you get to see, like, them recruiting the champions. So, um like, I would assume this is taking place over a pretty decent chunk of time. Right. That some of the memories from the original game are interspersed in. And so I was thinking that probably what's going on is that Link gets his appointment to, like, be her knight or whatever and hang around. Um, but then after he gets the Master Sword is when he gets the, like, you're the champion and her knight. And then that's when her feelings of, like, oh, God, I'm not good enough start. And then that's when she starts getting angry with him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, like, they don't show that much. But, like you said, we've already seen it. So that might explain why she does not hate him, like, in the very beginning. Because she has no reason to. Right. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Um, So it's neat to get to see these characters a bit more, get to know them a bit more. Um, Like I said, you get to recruit the champions and get to pilot their divine beasts so that they can learn how they work. Um, Those fights suck. (laughs) They suck real bad. Um, You can use motion controls. And at some points, it's better to do so. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that tells you how bad the mechanics are, that sometimes it's better to use the motion controls to actually make it work. Um, every time I had to do a Divine Beast battle, I was just like, oh, god. Why? Um, funny enough, the only one that I actually enjoyed playing as uh, was Revali's, Uh. Was Va Meadow is the bird's name? His was actually really fun to play as, but God, those battles mostly suck. Like they really, really suck. Um, But you know, you're you're kind of getting to see a little bit more of the interactions. Like the reason that Daruk actually respects and appreciates Link is because, like, when they first start like working together. He's like, oh, man, you know, I got a sweet rock roast here. You want to share it? And Link's just like, all right, cool. It starts, like, eating it. <laughs> and um, he's like, oh, yeah, you got quite the appetite on you. I like you, little guy. <laughs> and I'm just like, he's just eating a rock. Okay.
0: Link's just hungry.
1: You know what? You put I,
0: anything in front of him, he'll eat it.
1: Link is valid. And he is, if, he, if he wants to eat rock, then he can eat rock. Uh, I, I appreciate and love him to death.
0: Do you smell what the rock is cooking?
1: Hopefully not. Um, it's a rock. It's, it's a rock. It's a rock roast. Um, so the, the thing that's really different in these first like bits, besides just getting to know the characters a bit more, is one there's the guardian egg, and he's kind of like helping out. Um, he can basically thwart things like uh he can activate other guardians so that they can take down like any malice guardians which is cool um and you're just kind of like running around hyrule checking on people um but you have aster working with the yiga clan and um so what's his name koga the leader of the yiga clan is working with him and Um, I forget the other dude's name. It's, um, he's essentially, like, the right-hand man of Koga, and he's, like, this really big, like, Yiga Blademaster-type character, but he, like, does dual swords. And at one point, he's like, you don't know what you're messing with here, because, like, you're trying to bring Calamity and we're working with you, but, like... You don't get to control Calamity. Calamity is going to control you. Um, and dude's like, "That's nice." Shut up. Didn't ask. <laughs> uh, oh, the classic
0: but, uh, villain who wants to get more power, but is un- does not understand that he is not the main villain.
1: Correct. Exactly. And so I, when when he first showed up in the trailer, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be the fortune teller." Like they talked about the fortune teller in Breath of the Wild. It's got to be him.
0: Is he hanging um, out with Aganaga Agana, now? Agana?
1: I got out of Um, the fortune
0: teller. What are you? What have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> there is a um, chest in the west.
1: <laughs> Man, that would have been really helpful. Eventually, I was able to upgrade um, through enough events that uh, I could see where the chests were on the map, and that was helpful. But fortune teller would be cool. Um, but they didn't really like connect him as well as I had hoped that they would, especially since there was a fortune teller mentioned in, in the story. I was like, OK, like they, has, they still have to be referencing him. I don't think it would be somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just no like explicit real connection there, other than just like, ooh, I'm a baddie. Right. Um, but he does have a corrupted tiny guardian, little egg guardian. Interesting. Hmm. Um, and he uses that to foresee what is happening. So, um, that's interesting that you have that little like background stuff happening. Um, you also get to hear more about like what Impa and uh, Pira and um, Robbie are working on because they are, you know, we know them from Breath of the Wild, but you know, n- not, not in this format. Right. Um. So it's cool getting to know them a bit better. Um. You know, per- Pira is still like. Real, real obsessed with anything Shika technology. Impa is like the handmaiden of Zelda, so she isn't as into that part of it. A- and then Robbie's just like full tilt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was really neat to see those characters and get to like hang out with them and explore a little bit more of the world. Um, so what are the things that like? Is kind of odd. Is it plot-wise, the person who leads you into Korok Woods and gets you to the Master Sword is Hetsu? Like, the the big Korok with the maracas?
0: The dude you give the seeds to.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. And then Hetsu eventually gives is the you one that takes poop. you
1: to the sword. Yeah, he does. Well, all the poops get you the poop. Um, but he's the one that leads you to the sword. Mm-hmm. And then he just becomes a playable character and is like palling around with you. I'm like... Alright. Okay. I don't think that happened, but sure. So, so what
0: justification would he have just to be like, hey, here's the Master Sword, my dude. Okay, cool. Now we're pals. Hanging out. Yay. yippee
1: So how they talk about it in the plot is that Hetsu's trying to get back to Korok Woods, but there's a bunch of monsters in the way and he needs help getting back. Um... And he doesn't feel confident in enough fighting. And so you're basically working as an escort and the king has given Zelda and the champions, uh, a decree like, Hey, you need to go find the master sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it becomes like a mutually beneficial thing of like, they're trying to get the master sword. He knows where it is, but also he can't get there without them helping him out. Um, in terms of what goes beyond that, shrug shoulders. I don't know. He's just there. All right. Um, like, the only time I ever leveled him up is if I was actually required to use him. And I always just paid the money to level him up. I didn't, like, take him into any levels and, like, power level him like some of them I did. Mm-hmm. I was just like, nope, nope, you're, let's just throw money at you. Uh, he uses because as his weaponry. Obviously. Good. Um, he has a really cool skill set, though. Just as an FYI. But it felt weird. Um, there are also some, like, non-canon characters that you can recruit. Like, the the monk that's, like, the ultimate boss in the DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's a character you can recruit. Um, you can also recruit the great fairies. All right. Yeah. Like, they, they're in their giant little pod and just... They're huge, huge characters, and they just kind of like float across the screen and attack people and they switch out depending on what moveset you're using. Um, not canon. That is not canon. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been. Um, so, like, it's a nice little, like, oh, hey, look, they're here, but like they're not, they're not ever part of the story. They're not there. Like, it's just if you want to use these characters, you can. Right. Um, so, where things start changing pretty drastically, um, well-ish, um, and I think that this is actually really cool because I was trying to figure out, like in Breath of the Wild, how they would have been doing, like the trajectory that they were. Because um, on her seventeenth birthday, she goes to the spring. We knew that, and then you get a cutscene, and they're walking back into the castle. And as they're doing that, like, Calamity hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh, oh no, this is bad. Uh, and so it makes more sense of how they're getting to different places later. But um, and she sees a bunch of Guardians surround Rome, and yikes. Um, And, you know, he's been telling her the whole time, like, you have to stick with your research. You have to to stick with your praying. You can't do the research. You can't be a scientist. Like, what are you doing? Um, He even, like, confiscates a relic that she's been studying. And, you know, generally just being a a bum. Right. But, you know, sucks to kind of see him get guardianed. And uh, so he tells Link, like you have a job. Your job is to protect the princess. Get out of here. And so, you know, Link is having to deal with this internal struggle of, like, oh my god, the king is gonna die, but I have to go. Um, which is really cool and interesting that the king's just, like, go, go, go. You know what you have to do. Go. Because she's, like, trying to stay and help, and, like, they know that she can't. Um, so everything's chaos. Everything's chaos. Um, they're trying to help out in the different, like, areas where Calamity's hitting. Um, the Divine Beasts have been taken over. Well, not yet. Um, the Blights are in there and they're fighting. And everything seems real bad. Seems seems super terrible. Uh, but guess what? Our little Guardian friend helps out. Uh... As the, um, champions are like about to go down, which interestingly enough, they have like you doing the level and the champions health bars are going down and you have to make sure that you get there before it completely depletes, which is a kind of cool way to do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, stressful, but kind of cool. And so like Mifa's is freaking out like, Oh God, you know, this is, this is it. We're done. Like I, this sucks. And then a little portal opens and Sidon's like, Nope, not going to happen. So Sidon comes and he helps fight. And then eventually like you get there, you help out. Um, They keep it generic as to who actually comes to help because you can pick your character at that point. Right. Um, So I was like, Link's going to go help because he's super high level. And, but they're just like, Oh, thanks for coming.
0: Thanks for Um, coming. (laughs) You
1: <laughs> well, they even have it from like a first person perspective of you walking in and seeing those two. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um and then like once once that's taken care of, they're saved. They're like, okay, we gotta save Daruk now. We have um Baruda, we can use the water, we can get to him. And so same there. Um Daruk's about to go down, uh, and then Yonob- Yonobo, I forget how to say his name, um, pops up Is like Hey dude, um gonna help you. I'm kinda scared, but I got the shield. Let's go. Uh and again, take it down. And you have to do that on the other side as well. Um Rivali gets uh Teba and um Urbosa gets um Riju. Which some of these uh like new champions have some really interesting weaponry cheat rep- Weaponry, Um <laughs> Like, Sidon has his ceremonial trident, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he summons a shark, which makes me very sad. Yes. Um, but Yudabo has a rock roast as his weapon, and depending on, like, you can press ZR a few times, and like, he changes skill sets based on him eating the rock roast, which is kind of cool. Um, Riju has uh, the sand seal. What's her name? Patricia! She just fights with Patricia! It's real cool! (laughs) And, like, you just change, uh, like, her weapons are Patricia's, like, harness, essentially. Um, and then Taba, you know, he has a bow, because that's what they do. Um, so you save them, and they're like, okay, well, this is good. We We have the Divine Beasts under control. Everything's fine. We can handle this. Um, and so they decided they are going to go and help out um, at Fort uh, Hateno. Hat-hateno? I forget how to say it. Um, which I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because they would have been at Hyrule Castle. Then they would have gone through those woods, which is where you had that um, scene with Zelda like collapsing in the mud and crying. Mm-hmm. That's how you would have gotten there. And then... Eventually, going through that area is where you would have gotten to the Blashery Plains, which is in front of the fort. Um, and so I was like, okay, that, that trajectory makes sense. That makes sense why they were going that direction, because it wasn't really explained in the memories. Um, so even though things are changing a little bit, that's the same. And um, so they're trying to protect the fort. They're trying to protect people. Uh, Aster at one point's like, hey... I'm back. Also, I can summon the blights again. Yay! Um, so he summons them, and Link's like, "All right, I got this." And Impa's taking Zelda. And i's like, "All right, we we gotta go. We gotta go. Just leave it to him." And um, she's freaking out because she sees him, you know, taking on four blights at once. And it's like, oh, oh no, 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 we can't leave him. So she turns around and is able to summon her power there and protect him. Mm-hmm. And so she gets it way early in this, and like, not a, not many people have died. So after that, she's like, all right, let's just take everything down. Like Zelda becomes super intense, is like, let's do this. <laughs> Um, which, you know, I I like Zelda with confidence, like, this Breath of the Wild Zelda with confidence is so satisfying, like, she is just about this, like, all right, all right, you want to take my castle, you want to take my dad, you want to try and take these towns, Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, not gonna happen, I got this little power on my hand, see, let's do, let's do this! Um, so you have to go to, like, Akala Citadel and save Robbie, and Robbie at one point, um, the soldier's like, dude, like, th- we can't do anything. Like, it- it's over. It's over. You know, they're going to take us. And Robbie's like, are they, though? I wouldn't be so sure. And then everybody shows up and he's like, see, should have listened to me. I know what's up. Um, and a few times through all of this, like, everything had been going down. You get this one scene. With Master Koga and his right hand band talking with Aster, and he summons the Blights again and was like, Hey, you know, I need to make them more powerful. So, uh, how about a sacrifice? That'd be pretty cool, right? Um, and so after Zelda is able to like take the, the forts back and protect everybody, um, she gets a summons from a, a soldier and for some god-awfully weird reason, Zelda's like, all right, well, I'm just going to go out here with, like, two guards? With <laughs> Good this idea. Weird, with this random soldier who says he has to tell me something? Um, and then he turns into Koga and is basically like, I, I, I've got to join you. And um, he's by himself, which it is implied in one of the final battles that the other guy died protecting him, which is why he wants his revenge. Raven. Um which is kind of interesting twist on this dude because you know he's kind of been like a goofy character like in both of the games that he's in like you know he's got that stupid ball which like god I hate playing as this guy <laughs> I hate playing with this guy he has like a, a fit meter basically that like the more you do moves the more he gets this fit meter rate like built up and if if you get it all the way without getting rid of any of the energy he has, he just like stops and throws an actual fit on the <laughs> battlefield. And I'm just like, dude, no, you're terrible. God, he sucks as a uh hated using him. Absolutely hated using him. Um, but yeah, you kind of got like a merry band of people here now that are ready to take down Calamity Ganon. And um so Zelda ends up, like, leading the charge in the Battle of Hyrule Field. Like, we're taking this castle back. Let's do this. Again, her with confidence? Amazing. So good. She just like, bring it. I got Link with me. Let's do this. <laughs> um, and so you end up like... Oh, and also at one point you find out that Rome's alive. I forgot where that was, but Rome lived. And the reason that I mentioned earlier that he had had an artifact that he took from her is because that's what saved him. Yay! Um, It had been an artifact that Zelda's mom had found, and they didn't know what it did. And essentially, like, it was able to protect them from the Guardians. Um, Which I guess if, like, Link and Zelda had stuck around for, like, maybe 20 seconds, they would have known that, but... (laughs)
0: No, they were it's too they had to go.
1: Yeah, they had to go. Um there's also a really neat level where um you're on the plateau and um you're trying to like save the soldiers who are in the Temple of Time. And the road's blocked off so you're you end up using like the sheikah tower there to warp to the shrine of resurrection and i was like oh that's a nice touch so like you're in there you walk out and you see like the view of the castle and everything like you did in the first time of breath in the wild it's like that's i cool. see i see what you do there there's also a korok there <laughs> <laughs> um but it was really really cool that they did that that you're just like walking out and you see like the exact same view I it's like oh i like that i like that a lot that's Good job. Um, also, kind of cool to see like the temple not in pieces. Like it's sort of in pieces because of the fighting, but mm-hmm. like it's way more intact than it is in Breath of the Wild. Um, but that was a nice touch. And you know they they end up in the castle fighting, and um, Calamity Ganon and Aster work together, and. They end up possessing the guardian egg, and Link, or whoever you're playing as, has to break it. Oh, no. And so Zelda gets really sad um, after that and starts crying on it and starts, like, playing Zelda's lullaby, um, which was like, oh, no! Thing's dying, and he's playing her song, and then, like, she remembers that, like, she had built it. What? Yeah, it was kind of like a C-3PO Phantom Menace type moment that she had built it when she was a kid and that King Rome had confiscated it from her. And... Um,
2: All right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was... I was like, how come nobody remembers that? I feel like that would be pretty traumatic as a child to have your handmade robot taken away. Yeah. Um, But apparently... Like it, it played Zelda's lullaby for her. Like when she found out that her mom died and all that. Um, so that was interesting, but yeah, now it's dead. <laughs> and Zelda is real bad, because now she remembers who the robot is, and she's she's done. Uh, so you have to take down Aster, and you you do that, and wow, surprise! Calamity Ganon absorbs him. <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? I'm Me. shocked. Oh, Suga is his name. Suga is the right-hand man. Who could have seen that he would be correct? That Calamity Ganon could not be controlled.
0: That Calamity Ganon was like, I don't care. <laughs>
1: uh, so he's like horrified the whole time that he's becoming consumed by Calamity Ganon. I was like, should have seen that one coming, buddy. Should have seen it coming. Uh, then you get to fight the Calamity. Um... And at first, you can't touch him. He's like this big, fiery, burly dude. Um, everybody's like, oh, well, this sucks. What do we do? And um, our little guardian's not quite dead yet. And he just like rams his body into Calamity Cannon. <laughs> uh, and then you can beat him. And then you do. Yay. Um, so... We have successfully thwarted Calamity Ganon and basically the events of Breath of the Wild. Hmm. Um, there is also a secret ending after you go through and do a bunch of other levels after the ending that you're collecting pieces of the robot, the Guardian, and you can rebuild him. And uh, so well, you get. So a he's scene. a
0: $6 million
2: robot.
1: Exactly. Uh, you get a scene with like and uh, Robbie and Zelda and they're like putting him back together and I'm like oh I, I don't think it worked uh, he's not coming back or anything oh I don't know and then like he sees Zelda and starts playing Zelda's lullaby and it's like oh and then he becomes a playable character also you can get Calamity again and that's a playable character <laughs> yay. yay that was weird um so I've mentioned this to you before and that this reminds me kind of like Shadow Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sense that you can undo the bad ending even though the bad ending is canon. Right. Um, so like potentially both timelines here are canon.
0: Yeah. Let me... Can I ask you something? Yeah. Because um, you've basically told described us the story essentially
1: yeah that's it basically
0: is this story good
1: I think that it is good at moments I don't think that like it's the best storytelling and it definitely does not live up to breath of the wild
0: right because I feel like I mean obviously they they kind of gave you an idea of what this was going to be and then as the game progresses they kind of hook line and sinker you a little bit mm-hmm. to go a different direction right um and if, yeah, I think just it does it doesn't seem like it like hits the same beats that Breath of the Wild did, even though Breath of the Wild has did not have like as much storytelling per se as this seems to have. But also like I don't know if I'm necessarily looking for an alternate reality version of Breath of the Wild. Or like the the events leading up to Breath of the Wild.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I thought that it was really interesting to see the events leading up to the calamity.
0: Right, like, that, that
1: was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I think that would be very interesting.
1: Um, and I've seen games pull off like tragic endings that you know are cut. Like, um, Crisis Core is a good example. Like, everybody knows that Zack died. Everybody, right? Unless you missed that skip or that missable cutscene. True, that is not
0: necessarily the most obvious thing in that game. <laughs>
1: um, but. Like in in the final battle of that, you're playing as Zach and you know, you're trying to take down these soldiers and like the whole time you're thinking, you know, this is his last stand, this is where he dies, this is what happens. Um but then he has like a, a like a real system, like the battle system, and those start breaking as you go along until you can't do anything. And so like you dies.
0: can you can do cool things like that with yeah. that kind of story
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: and that sort of thing, like it just seems like they didn't want to fully commit to that.
1: Yeah, I think that one thing that could have been interesting is to have two modes for this. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, one mode is, let's see what leads to Breath of the Wild 100%, and then the other is, like, an Here's... alternate mode that, like, yeah could do this event. Like, I think that would have been a better way to handle this, personally.
0: I wonder how much of that was also that, like, you know, this isn't necessarily Nintendo's Zelda team fully working on this. Like, they did actually bring people in to code Yeah, they were mode.
1: working with the Breath of the Wild team.
0: The, yes, but it's not necessarily, like, fully that team working on this, Correct. per Correct. se. And also, the idea that, like, they didn't want to make people mad. Yeah. By having you go through, essentially, kind of what you already know and having to have this kind of, like, tragic story set in front of you.
1: Which... I think that's what everybody expected, though. Uh,
0: Yeah, yes, I I agree with you. But I wonder if there was just like some kind of like, oh man, I don't know if people are going to like this if we have to if they go through this, and it's just what they already know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think it would have hit better if there were like two modes, like a split timeline, right at the event of like the castle, basically. Like if, if it had split off in two sections, where like you could play it normally, or you could play it this way, or like play it normally. And then you could go back there and be like, well, what if we did this instead?
0: Right. And, th- and these games usually have like a bunch of like options kind of like that where you can like, you know, you can go through the main story and then like, oh, here's an alternate takes maybe on a mission or something or mm-hmm. or like, you know, here's you know, like with like Fire Emblem Warriors had like with Higher Warriors, the original one had where it's just like you know, go through this like r- kind of sort of retelling of various games per se. Yeah. Um, Which I this is obviously going to lead into something else that I think you've talked about and um, we've both noticed is that, like, this game is definitely lacking on options for a Musou game.
1: Yes. Um, Like, I have mentioned it pretty vocally that, like, the music is very disappointing.
0: Right. Do you... Okay, so as a Musou game, you do not like the music.
1: No. The music is not good in terms of a Musou game.
0: But... The score of Breath of the Wild is good.
1: It's very good. I Does don't it think match this lives up to Breath of oh, the Wild? Either. okay.
0: Ooh, yeah. I was gonna say like maybe there's like a you know a Mm-mm. a bit of solace out there like oh you know it's as, it's similar like it kind of holds up to that bar, not necessarily as a Muso game but like maybe as a Breath of the Wild score. But if it doesn't hold up to either, like that's not good. That's real disappointing. It doesn't
1: like. If I had gotten the Breath of the Wild Hyrule Castle theme in this, I would have been like, all right, let's do this. Like, let's kill everything. Because that theme rules. Do they not even include that theme? No. What What are you doing? What are you doing? You have two two freaking fights against, like, calamity events in Hyrule Castle. And you don't use that Hyrule Castle theme for Breath of the Wild. That is amazing. And, like, it's just kind of like... Generic actiony, like with a sprinkle of Zelda music every once in a while.
0: That's incredibly disappointing.
1: It sucked. I was so upset. Like, like the Hyrule
0: Warriors soundtrack is good because, like, they just kind of go full all into just guitar wankery and all that sort of stuff. Like so, they like, remix
1: Zelda music yeah. using like the the Muso style, and it's fantastic. I love that soundtrack. I have it on my phone. Here. Um, go ahead.
0: Here's my hot take maybe for this game and to be fair, I have not played it. I still haven't played okay. the demo because I'm very lazy. Jay. <laughs> okay. I may I may eventually play this when it when eventually it gets real cheap because Fire yeah. Fire and War has got real cheap.
1: Yeah. Maybe
0: Koei Tecmo didn't need Nintendo for this game. They didn't need the Breath of the Wild team for this game.
1: Yeah. Maybe that was
0: a mistake.
1: I think that that's partially it is it like it's it's held back.
0: Like, I think if you just made a Hyrule Warriors 2 that, like, you know, focused in on the Breath of the Wild story, letting you kind of replay it as in various aspects like that in the the Musou engine, doing some sort of, like, you know, here's some, you know, alternate takes on things, like, here's, like, some sto- submissions from the 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 Calamity and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. then some other stuff, and then, you know, you could do more, like, um throwing some alternate takes of like other games as well, then throwing that like, an adventure mode and all that sort of stuff like that seems like it would have been all right. I think people would have been okay with that. Yeah. But I think like once you make this like you tie this directly into the Breath of the Wild lineage and everything, you are setting expectations to a different level compared to a Hyrule Warriors two. Mm-hmm. And in that same vein, you're inadvertently I think, setting yourself up to fail.
1: You're taking out some of what makes Musso games so charming. Like that's a phrase I never thought I would say. Um, but like, you know, Hyrule Warriors was a bit fan servicey, you know, you had alternate costumes that were amazing. You had I mean, that, the, that's
0: the Warriors the, these these you know, spin off Warriors games in general are fan y yeah. Like that's what Fire Emblem is. That's what the Gundam Dynasty Warriors games are.
1: Yeah. Um and like it, it doesn't hundred percent take itself seriously. I mean, it does in certain elements, but like in in the like side stuff, it just doesn't.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. And I think that a little bit of that is missing here. And and I legitimately and I know that you had to hear this, and probably everybody in the universe had to hear me mention it several times. But like that music's it's so generic.
0: Do you think that this is obviously going like we're, we're philosophy? Philosophizing here, that's a word I'm using, definitely. Um But do you think there may be a hint of like they don't they wanna like make this not seem like a muso game and try and like Yes wipe away some of the stigma that the muso genre has so pe- more people would yes. get into it.
1: Yep. hundred percent do.
0: That's again, that seems like a mistake.
1: Yeah, and I I am I mean you know how I am. You right. know you know how I am and like the whole time there were moments I was like all right this is real cool. Um I was I was into a lot of the interactions with the characters and things like that and then like I got to the point where I'm just like but this isn't a musou game. Like I stopped taking like the enemy um like what are they called? You know how in musou games they always have like the little um bits where the enemies are that you have to, like, take them out and then take out the leader, and then it becomes yours. Right,
2: yeah.
0: Like, little what territories.
1: I, yeah. Like, I just stopped doing that entirely because there was no point in doing it.
0: Yeah, because, like, honestly, like, this seems like a game that, like... is not something Musou fans are necessarily going to be super into. No. And it's not necessarily a game that Breath of the Wild fans are going to be super into. Like, it, it's, a, it's a game that does not understand these two distinct audiences and also is alienating these two distinct audiences in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean like when, when in Hyrule Warriors or even Fire Emblem, like whenever you took those um like bases, basically like sometimes you would unlock a weapon or sometimes you would unlock an item that you need or, you know, you'd get more resources or something. And it says in this, you get more resources, but you don't like, there's no, po- there's no point. And I was like, Okay, so like you're just putting it in here because like it's a thing that Muso games do, but you're not actually like leaning into the Muso element of why those are actually there. Sounds like eh, that I don't like that. Um, also, like Link has a lot of the the costumes from Breath of the Wild. You can unlock those for him,
0: but again, like it's nothing like weird or wild.
1: Yeah, the only like weird ones are like you get the like Moblin mask and the Bokoblin.
0: But again, those are mask. stuff that's in Breath of the Wild.
1: Correct. Yeah, you. The only thing that is kind of off kilter is the Hyrule Warriors link costume. Right. Um. In terms of like everybody else, um, the champions get their regular outfit that they wore before they became champions, their blue champion gear, and then Zelda gets her traveling outfit, her um. And her white dress and her winter gear. That's uh, it. Question. Yes.
0: Does Link also get the, like, uh, the older tunics that he that you can get in Breath of the Wild? So, like, you know, like, original Legends of Zelda, like, Link to the Past, like, Ocarina-style ones?
1: mm No, the only one you can get is the Hyrule Warriors one, and then the, um...
0: If you're going all the way and getting all the costumes from Breath of the Wild, why would you put those in as well?
1: <laughs> yeah, like, the only one that you can get is, um... Like there's the the wild outfit that you get um, that's like the green tunic and the hat and the shorts um, that's in Breath of the Wild, so it's like the Breath of the Wild version of the outfit. That's, but that's those are the only two.
0: That's a that's the that's a disappointment. Like that seems like an easy thing to do. Like those are already in the game. Mm-hmm. You're you're paying homage to the other games in the series, especially in a franchise that has done that with the previous game. Yeah. Like again. That's just a layup.
1: Um, you know what really sucked to me? What's that? I was very disappointed that in order to unlock the Hyrule Warriors Link outfit, you have to hundred percent it. Right. So at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I have the outfit, but I and I want to wear it, but I don't want to play anymore. So. Which
0: is uh, that is those are words that are very poignant. I think for this entire discussion. Yeah. You just said of a Muso game. Of a franchise to... that you love. Yes. I don't want to play it anymore.
1: Yes. That is that is a thing that I think is very telling on how I feel about this. And that I love so games. I love Zelda games. Like, I'm wearing Zelda outfit at the moment. I have a freaking tattoo of Link. Like, you've seen my house.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Um, And I was just like, all right, well, 100% of it. I'm done. Like, I, I put 73 hours into this. I put a lot of time into it. Um. But I don't want to go back and play it again. Like, you know, oh, there's different difficulties. Cool. I'm not gonna go and play this on the hardest difficulty. Do you think I'm crazy? Like, no, that's not. I played it on normal the whole time. I'm like, this is fine. I got linked to the highest level you can. Um, because I pretty much played it some the whole time. Um, some of the other skill sets are like really cool. Like Zelda has a very cool skill set. Um, but I just. I was done like there's not really anything else to do with it
0: do you think there's any interesting ideas of like DLC that they could do that would maybe make this more intriguing or do you think if they do DLC it'll just be like here's a character or two and that's it
1: I think it probably be characters yeah um which you know the the character um roster is not as like bothersome to me I know that several people were upset that like there aren't many characters it seems um, like there's
0: like quite a few characters at least. Yeah,
1: like you can play as Rome, um, which his skill set was cool because he can transform into like his hermit version um, from Breath of the Wild. I was like, heck yes!
0: I do like uh, that we got the king's full name, so now we know that Zelda's name is Zelda Hyrule.
1: Yep, that is her name. And um, like
0: naming Mario instead of Mario Mario. He's Mario Mushroom Kingdom.
1: I think that uh, I think that we learned that in Wind Waker.
0: Do you? I don't, sure. I don't remember.
1: Um, I'm pretty sure that the boat. His last name was Hyrule, but um, but yeah, her last name is Zelda Hyrule. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you do. Um, but yeah, it's it, it just some of it felt very forced. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally was a bit disappointed, and like I I know why they did it. Because it's Nintendo, um, I was a bit disappointed to not see more interaction with Link and Zelda. Um, like you get this really cute scene with him pretty early on. Link tries to go up close to Zelda, and the little guardian's like and starts like running around his legs and trying to keep him away, um, which is funny. But um, you know, I just I just wanted them to actually like interact more. Um. Yeah. And and I, I I know that like I'm a big Zelda Link shipper. I always have been.
0: But even you know? then, like if someone like of me, I would think like, oh, like if you're going back in the past and doing like this whole thing, like you're gonna see more interactions between those two.
1: Yeah, but Just you don't in general. Really. <laughs> like you get more interactions with like her and Impa and things like that. And I'm like, that's cool and her with the champions, but like I want to see more of like what they were like when they were traveling together is that
0: just a a a downside of just him not having a voice actor or like just not having voice lines of him not talking yeah
1: yeah honestly Um, just just
0: give him a voice act just let him have lines nowadays
1: just let him have lines he's had Um, him in the past yes just do it he cannot. no one's going to be mad like, he canonically speaks in Breath of the Wild.
0: Right. So like It's just
1: through text boxes, and that's annoying.
0: I don't think anyone's going to be super upset that Link has a voice actor or says stuff in a game. Like, it's just some weird arbitrary holdover from that they feel like is just permeated throughout the entire series and that they feel needs to be stuck up with tradition or anything.
1: Yeah. <sighs> and I mean, like, in Breath of the Wild, they mention canonically that he doesn't talk much.
0: But that doesn't so, mean like, he doesn't talk at all.
1: He doesn't, right? And so, like, you can have him say a, once in a while. But like, you know, you don't have to have him just like be a chatty dude. Like, that's not what anybody's expecting. Yeah. Like he just
0: talks whenever he feels like it.
1: Like when he feels like he has something to contribute, like he can say something. And I really, I agree with you hundred percent. Like it is time for Link to be voiced. And like it's it's very frustrating that like all we have still is just like his. Battle sounds essentially. Yeah.
0: Uh, Well,
1: yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, people are listening to this. They already know where it landed on my game of the year list, but. um, I don't. (laughs) You don't. And I've been working on it today. And um,
0: I I feel like at this point, I am thinking like it's at the very bottom or it's just not on the list at all. (laughs) So, uh, as that.
1: Yeah. So, you'll find out um, in the future, but.
0: When I'm editing this, I'll know.
1: Yes. Um, But I think you have a pretty good idea based on what I have been talking about. And I was real, real hype about this. Yes. And, like, I still like it, but I was disappointed. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed.
0: (laughs) I think uh, this just contributes more to the man. Nintendo's just having a banner year in 2020. Um, And just, like, hey, I don't... Tech mode, don't let Nintendo meddle in your games anymore. Yeah, <laughs> just let like, them license your license out their stuff to you and just be like, we got this, we can handle this.
1: hyper Warriors and Fire Emblem Warriors were great games. Mm-hmm. They were fantastic games.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, like, I get that this is supposed to be a prequel and I get that it's supposed to give us more. I just wish that it had either leaned harder into giving us more of what happened pre-Calamity or it had given us branching timelines. I mean it's not like we haven't done Zelda timelines and branches before, right?
0: Oh uh, yeah. Uh again, I have not played this game. Yeah. But from from everything you have said today, mm-hmm. I feel like I wish this game had a purpose.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I think that its purpose was uh Breath of the Wild 2 is not ready.
0: Honestly, you're not wrong. <laughs>
1: I think that that's what it is. I think is it, you it are completely
0: right about that.
1: People, because Breath of the Wild 2 is not ready.
0: Yeah, I... Wow, I would not have thought that, but yeah, I think you're right. I think mm-hmm. you're 100% right on that.
1: <laughs> that. Oh, boy. I'm telling you, that's why this game exists.
0: Hopefully, Breath I, of the Wild 2 is good.
1: I hope so. And, you know, I, I 100% believe that that's why this, this game happened. Um, But, yeah. <sighs> At least you can have Flink run around in hot pants still. There's that. There is that.
0: <laughs> well, Al, we talked about a bad game that's goofy and fun.
1: Hilarious, yes. We
0: talked about a good game. Yeah. And then we also talked about a disappointing game that is disappointing. Yeah. Just should I have been Diesel in that game? It probably would have been better. Would it though? I mean.
1: Yeah. You know what it really needed at the very end when everybody. A car. <laughs> Imagine if you got in the master cycle in this. Um, they should have put that in. They should have. Uh... Um, where was it? Oh, there's this final scene where um, you have the the robot come back, and you have the the fancy Breath of the Wild art of everybody, and they go in and they hug. They should have had a line about family.
0: Al, I like the way you think. <laughs> I'm glad that you watching the Fast and Furious game has got you onto the concept of family.
1: Yeah, and I mean you're
0: all in on it now. I'm it, glad that I've done my due du- my due diligence and my my public service to you.
1: If the champions and Zelda and Link and the robot, if they're not found family, I don't know what is. Come on. What also, just it? let Link and Zelda hug, please. I believe there's
0: ourselves. a line in Fast and Furious 6 where The Rock is trying to recruit Vin Diesel. And mm. He's like, I need your group to help me with this. You know, get your group together. And he's like, Vin Diesel's like, you're not getting any group. You're getting a family. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man, that's fantastic.
0: It's perfect. Well, I think that's going to wrap this episode up. Uh, so if you like more from us, go to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or sac.cools so where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like SeasonalAnimeCheckup and Jared and i watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. Uh, you'll find more from AnneLadyM at com. She's got columns and reviews.
1: I'll have my Game of the Year thing up by now.
0: Yes. Both of our Game of the Year stuff will be somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know where because it again, pre-recorded. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash AnimeCheckup. You can buy our books, One Shining Moment of Critical Analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. Uh-huh. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to bonus episodes, fun podcasts, just weird stuff on there. Especially what we've got cooking up for you, which has oh, yes. already been out by this point. So probably. hopefully you get to enjoy that. Yes. Um, Next week, I legitimately have no idea, even no more idea. so than normal because...
1: It's in the future.
0: This this episode is literally, the next episode will be like a month away, so <laughs> legitimately a month away, so who knows what we're going to talk about. We'll talk about something, maybe stuff we picked up over Christmas or I don't know, something. Who
2: knows?
0: We'll figure it out, but then, yeah, we'll reconvene. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, hang out with everyone in the new year as our family.
2: hmm
0: It's all about family. All about family. If you're not in control, you're out of control. <laughs>